Sometimes we got to fight it out. Other times like, we can solve it with our talking, but every problem will be solved. What it is, what it do, this is Rambling, your weekly Rams podcast that gives you inside of the team and news from around the NFL. I'm your host and team reporter, Serena Morales, coming at you from the Rams practice facility in Thousand Oaks, California, as we wrap up the 2019 season. The Rams finish 9-7 and seven after playing their final game in the Coliseum, and now all eyes turn to their new home, SoFi Stadium in Inglewood for the 2020 season and beyond. Joining me today, he's someone Rams fans know well. He's at every Rams game in the booth as the Rams color color analyst work with me guys <laughs> alongside JB Long you can catch him all over NFL Network he's also one of my favorite former running backs in the league nine years eight of them with the Jaguars I'm not biased he was your favorite running back too and he's a Game of Thrones groupie which we're gonna have to update that Twitter profile for you Maurice Jones Drew MJD <laughs> you know you still have Game of Thrones groupie on your Twitter profile <laughs> I'm, I'm going to update it. I haven't had time yet. I've been ripping and running, but I'll update it. I'll make sure I have a new TV show that everyone can watch with me. Yeah, I mean, there's like a lot of things out there, but I'm fine with it because I love Game of Thrones, but I just want to get you updated so we're not, you know, <laughs> New stadium, new Twitter profile, all that. Um, so you were you were at the game, uh, the the final game of the of the Coliseum for the Rams. Um, we finished with a w- winning record. You were there, I was there. What was that game like? The atmosphere, overall takeaways. Well, you know, I, I thought uh, a lot of the Rams fans showed up and they showed up in droves, and it, and it was important because at the end of the game, you know, I think the Rams understood how important it was to close this thing out with a win. And then after the game, they allowed all the fans to go on the field and take pictures and, and do all the things they wanted to. And it, it was just a great atmosphere. Um, it's always a great atmosphere when you win. Your, your, your quarterback is playing as well as Jared Goff was, and your defense is playing well, and they're able to make some big-time plays. Uh, and so, you know, again, it, w- it was good to just see everyone. Now, my personal opinion, I went to UCLA, so you have to excuse uh, my bias when it comes to the Coliseum. But, uh, as a, as the color analyst for the Rams the last four years has been amazing and I, I, I'm I, I'm sad to see the Rams leave but I'm happy that we're going to a, a great brand new stadium that's going to do some great stuff and have some great events that will capture this world. Yeah, it's kind of like leaving like an old house where you're like, oh, these are, the backyard's cute and you get your nice neighbors and all that. But then you're like, it's really muddy in the Coliseum. <laughs> it's like too many right. stairs for me to be walking up and down. So I'm kind of looking I forward. I to break it to you. There's going to be a, a lot <laughs> the of stairs. a lot higher. I'm but there hoping there's elevators. elevators. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, there's elevators in the stadium. Um, the game against the Cardinals, we saw Tyler Higby have, he, he think he was 16 yards away from breaking an NFL record for uh, fifth consecutive, five consecutive games with over 100 receiving yards for a tight end. Um, he's kind of like the the guy that we're all thinking about right now when it comes to uh, the gold standard, but I would love to get with the season over now, your gold horn for a player both on offense and defense. Wow. Um, whew, that's a tough one. Yeah. I would say Defensively, I would probably give it to either Fowler or Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, and I'll give you the reasons for both. 
Uh, Aaron Donald has seen more double team and triple teams than any player in the league and still was able to put up uh, really good numbers. I want to say he had 12 sacks, 20 tackles for loss. Like, he was up there. I mean, he still performed with getting double teamed at a higher rate, I want to say more than like 10 to 15% than the next person uh, to him. Uh, and, and so to me, that I mean, that just shows his dominance in the NFL. that He's getting double and triple teamed every play, yet he's still producing. And then I would say Dante Fowler. I mean, probably he probably missed like three or four sacks that he probably, you know, could have had his total higher. But he had a ton of tackles for loss, and he ended up being one of the more disruptive guys on this defense because of the fact that Aaron Donald was getting double teamed. And, I mean, he made some timely sacks. Uh, I just only think of the Falcons game where he had he had three and probably should have had five because yeah. he missed two. Um, and so, you know, again, like uh, those two guys really took it on their shoulders and kind of went out there and played well. I think Corey Littleton also needs to be an honorable mention guy for what he's going to be able to do. And we saw how much the Rams missed him when he went out in this last game where people started attacking the middle of the field. But when he was there, there was none of that. And so I think he's in line for a huge payday as well. Yeah. So on defense, you've got Fowler and, and AD and an honorable mention. I like Littleton. On offense, do you have – I mean, I, I set it up with, with Tyler Higbee, but obviously there's No question. Be. Well, I, well I, I think I think if you're going to go from the last – Tyler Higbee didn't have the, enough opportunities to show what he can do until later in the year when Joe yeah. ever got hurt. And then he showed why, you know, uh, Les Snead drafted him to pair him with Jared Goff, right? Because that's what they saw in him in the draft. Uh, once they was coming out of Western Kentucky. Am I right? It was a Western yeah, Western Kentucky. Kentucky. Good pull right, right? there. Hilltoppers. <laughs> and so, um, exactly. Uh, but I, you know what? I'm going to be non-biased, and I'm going to give this thing to Robert Woods. And the reason I say that is Robert Woods was the most unselfish dude the whole year. Yeah. I mean, he didn't score a receiving touchdown until, I want to say, week 12 or 13. Um not only did he not score a receiving touchdown, but he did all the dirty work. He was blocking. He was asked to go and, you know, block linebackers and defensive linemen. He did it. And then when you saw Cooper Cup score touchdowns or Brandon Cooks or Todd Gurley, he was the one making that key block for them to score. And sometimes it's not about always putting up the big numbers. It's about the things you do without the ball. That, right. That's a huge impact. And, and so obviously down the stretch, as we saw um, – he came on strong as well and started making some big-time plays at a couple hundred-yard games as well. And so he uh, he really showed a lot of grit and determination throughout this season um, and kind of was the go-to guy for the Rams in, in, in some crucial situations. That's got to be hard, too, because if you have, like, a contract that's written in, hey, I get a bonus if I score X amount of touchdowns or I, you know, get a bonus if I get X amount of receiving yards or something like that. You know, for, you know, Woody, like, that's a great, you know, thing to mention. And you're watching the game closely up in the booth. You know, these are things that fans don't see necessarily. Oh, why didn't he get all these touchdowns? Oh, the bone. Like, did, you know, I think that's right. something that we don't even talk about. No, not at all. We, 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 don't, we don't talk about the contract situation. I, I mean, I can talk about my contract specifically. I remember I had, you know, a, a lot of money tied into making the Pro Bowl and all pro and all these different things. And that's all about numbers and stats. And so, you know, I'm assuming that's in everyone's contract and everyone's, yeah. you know, out there uh, trying to make plays and do all those different things. But, you know, uh, it's, again, he was so unselfish that he definitely deserves an award because he did all the dirty work. And if you, you can ask Coach McVay how he felt about Robert Woods this, this season, he will tell you the exact same thing. Yeah. 
I got to give an honorable mention to to Austin Corbett because I Oh. <laughs> right? He's like this yeah. like secret sauce to like the O-line. I want to get well one I think Austin Blythe and you would know better than I would and and Matt jump in here too cuz we were talking about this before you we called you. When we when the Jalen Ramsey trade happened, everyone was just like, "Ah, Jalen, Jalen, Jalen!" But the first trade that happened, right? It was Corbett. Austin Corbett. Corbett. Like, and everyone's yeah. like, "Who? Who this dude? Where well, he from?" So I'll tell you this: I, I I actually scouted him coming out of college, and he could play anywhere. He wasn't like great in any position, but he was good at every position, and that's why he went so high to Cleveland. And they just really they didn't really have that. What like because he's an athletic lineman, they want to run downhill and be powerful guys. Um, and I was before I said Robert Woods, I was going to say Austin Blythe because he played yeah. what right guard, left guard, all center. over the place. And I mean, then you have to once he moved in and kind of locked in his center. And it was, he had a, they all had a rough game the first time, the first go round, and then all of a sudden from there on, it just like they hit it and they took off, and there was no pressure. A lot there was like a lot of the pressure on golf up the middle went away, uh, and so credit to. The whole offensive line, you know, Bobby Evans yeah. stepping up at right tackle. Obviously, David Edwards uh, at right guard. And then, obviously, Andrew Whitworth as well. Just, you know, you're the oldest guy on the line, and you play every game. And so, uh, they, I mean, they all did a really good job. To me, though, it, it came down to, you know, again, like, <clears throat> there were some times when the offensive line kind of broke down. Mm-hmm. But I never saw Robert Woods break down the whole year. Not one time. You know, he played through some some issues, obviously, that he was dealing with where he missed the game. He came back and bounced right. You know, like, he was the energy and the heart and soul. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I think one of the most important things that <laughs> that is good about Austin Corbett is we didn't hear his name no. very often since, Never. since right. we got well, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, no, he's a great and I just a great locker room guy. Um, getting to know him through the past X amount of weeks that we picked him up this season. So um that being said, I would like to know from your perspective, what happens now for teams like the Rams going through a lot of transition this offseason? <laughs> well, that that's kinda what happens when you're when you're a team that you you're in that window, you that three to four year window to make the NFL and you kinda go for it. Uh, if it doesn't work out, or if it does work out, you're still going to lose pieces. And so I think the Rams have to figure out whether it's, you know, how are you going to compensate Jalen Ramsey for that big trade? Um, how are you going to, uh, how are you going to, you know, you have some older pieces that kind of, you know, that you're going to have to make some tough decisions on, some new pieces that you're going to make some tough decisions on, some young guys like Corey Littleton, who is going to hit the open market and, and, and probably get broke off, you know, what we, what we call in the, in the locker room, he's going to secure the bag. Yeah. And so <laughs> you're going to have, there's some guys that you're going to have to figure out, but I think again, the scouting department most need has done a great job identifying a lot of young talent. Trayvon Howard's a guy that you've, uh, they've identified that possibly could replace um, Corey Littleton. Obviously Troy Reader did a great job while he was there. Um, a lot of young cornerbacks and receivers as well. So, they, I mean, they, they've done a really good job. And, and to think about it, uh, Joseph Noteboom will come back. If, let's say if Andrew Whitworth decides to retire, the Rams decide to move on, Noteboom will move to his natural position at left tackle. Yeah. And so all of a sudden now your offensive line went from, you know, in a year of trying to figure out what it is, you have one of the more solid young offensive lines in the game. 
That's true. That's a good point. Um, for most fans, they think that the off season means that we don't do anything, and I can attest that that's right. <laughs> he laughs because he knows the off season is as busy as the season. Um, we're working. What is it like for players? Do they work? Do they do they take vacation? I know oh. they vacation, but I know they're still working. Well, you try to train, you know, year round when you're um, when you're uh, playing football, right? So for me personally, I would take like two or three weeks off, and then where I kind of just re- get a lot of massages, do uh, cleanses and different things, try to flush my system out, and then I would start working back out after you know three weeks. I got and you. so. Uh, I mean, everyone's different. Some guys go on these big, long vacations. Some you guys can tell when they come back time. for training camp. Who's <laughs> had yeah, more of a vacation? Doing, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. No, but but again, like I, I, I think it's always time because people don't understand how hard it, how like, you know, first of all, winning the National Football League is very tough. But it's a it's it's a it's a seventeen week grind. It's a twenty week grind where you're in day in day out. You have to be at your best for twenty weeks. And when I, the reason I say 20 weeks is, one, because you're talking about the preseason trying to fight to make the team. And then once you make the team, you have to fight to stay on the team every day. Yeah. And, and yeah, I get it. Like, your quarterback gets paid, and you're kind of like, oh, he's going to make it. But, no, if he doesn't play well, guess what? They're looking to replace you. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where you just have to continue to keep fighting and, and doing the, and the different things to make it. And so you want to give your body a rest. You want to give your mind a rest, more, most importantly. And really, from there, you just want to try to figure out a way to um, decompress, and then you start back up again. You kind of kind of reset, and you start over, and you 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 learn from what you did the last off season, what worked, what didn't work, and you're constantly tweaking little things to better yourself as you get older. Yeah, for sure. Just quickly, I'd like to get to some news from around the NFL. Um, this is an interesting time. Uh, on one hand, you see a guy like Marshawn Lynch who you thought hung up his cleats and then he comes back and he's playing like he's been snacking on Skittles on the sideline. And then on the other hand, you see a guy like Phillip Rivers get very emotional at the end of his season, maybe because he knows this is it. Um, did you know it was it for you after nine years? Uh, you really don't, like, I don't, you never mentally think it's over. Mm-hmm. It's your body tells you when it's over. For me, I knew that I was kind of coming to the end when I started having finger and hand injuries. Uh. Um, I started dislocating fingers, which I'd never done my whole career. Um, and so uh, I kind of knew at that point. And, I, and it's crazy, I still had football left in me, mm-hmm. but I never wanted to be, I never, I wanted to be able to run around and play with my kids and do all these different things. And I never want, you know, because you see some of these horror stories of guys having multiple surgeries when they're done, and I never wanted that. And so, uh, I had to make that tough decision. Uh, it was more like Phillip Rivers, less like Marshawn Lynch, where, you know, I remember the day that I knew it was done. I just went to my bathroom and started crying because my whole life since I've been seven years old, I've played football. Yeah. And at the age of 29, that was it, right? Like there was no, there is no like transition to, to, to not playing football anymore. It's like you're done. And so, uh, it's definitely tough because you love, you know, for most of us, and I, I can say all of us that play in the NFL, it's your first love. It's the first time you've learned to care about something so much you put the time, effort, and energy into it um, to be the best that you can be for it. And so uh, it, it, it's always tough when, you know, but at the same time, I, I, I was blessed and fortunate enough to 
get an, uh, an opportunity to stick around the game on the media side, which I love. Uh, and then, you know, four years ago, I got a call from the Los Angeles Rams telling me they wanted me to be a part of a team, which that's the thing you miss the most. And, uh, man, like, it's been a whirlwind from there. So I'm, I'm happy that yeah. uh, it, it ended the way it ended and went in. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, another guy that we, we've been talking a lot about around the NFL Christian McCaffrey uh, just joined an elite club, the 1,000 rushing, 1,000 receiving yards in a single season. So he joins Marshall Falk and Roger Craig as the only players in NFL history with both in a single season. As you know what f- the difference is? Tell Can me. the difference between him and those two? Yeah. Uh, they both played, did that with Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Wow. I don't know who his quarterbacks were. Yeah. So, like, think about that. Like, Roger Craig had Jerry Rice and – and Taylor and Dwight Clark, uh, Joe Montana, uh, Marshall Falk had Kirk Warner, um, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, right? We, you're talking about some guys that were making plays. You're telling me Kyle Allen McCaffrey. and Curtis Samuel aren't those caliber players? <laughs> that, that's, all, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, Damn, I'm just, I mean, I, to me, to me, to me, like, what he did is much harder because literally he was the only weapon on this team for however long, you know, and he was able to make it happen. So uh, kudos to him. It didn't happen to a better guy. I think he's changed the game, and we knew that uh, uh, he was going to be that guy coming out of college, and he's continuing to be that guy. For sure. It's crazy. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a Saquon situation mm. up in, in New York, too. I'm from New York. Yeah. Well, technically the Giants are not, so <laughs> – on that note, <laughs> since you wanna you wanna drop in, I'm gonna drop in on you. You know what time it is? I do. It's time for. <laughs> and who knows? 2020, maybe we'll get some new drops. But Serena's social segment. Uh, MJD, little birdie, told me that uh, you love Marvel and think Avengers: Infinity War is the best movie ever. So I believe this was uh, Jory far. Hirsch. <laughs> by far, that's the best movie ever. Well, they're, they're like they're, they're beeping from within. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that train. So let's just imagine that Disney just called me and asked if I had any ideas for a new character in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. And I'm willing to suggest you as the lead, but I need to know what is your superhero name and what powers do you have? Oh, that's easy. My superhero name is going to be Mojo. <laughs> and my powers are going to be, my powers are going to be problem solving. I can solve any problem. Yo. We don't have to... Sometimes we got to fight it out. Other times like, we can solve it with our talking. But every problem will be solved. You got this big, strong dude, Mojo. <laughs> and you're like, yo, are you bringing in the muscle? Nah, this guy. He just, he, no, you just bring need a piece of brain, paper and a pen. <laughs> Get this guy a calculator. Get him a calculator. That's yo, right. I heard this on a, a, a comedy special. It was Aziz Ansari. And he said he wants the superpower of wishing inconvenience. And I want that so badly. So when someone pisses me off, I can say, oh, I'm going to wish you inconvenience, Matt. And then one day, like two days later, you're walking down the street and you're like, oh, man, I left my keys at home. And you're going to think of me. It's just a little things. So it's not like being pure evil. It's just like, ha. So you went to villain. <laughs> and MGJ's a good guy. <laughs> it's I'm Infinity like, I'm War like right piece. here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like the peace, the peace solver, but I, I respect it. We all, we all go through some tough times. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, to me, it's 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 more about. I know it's crazy. Like, 
I haven't been on this earth that long. Uh, so I can't like say like I've been on the earth this long and blah, 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 blah. But, um, the fact that like, well, sometimes we just need to be able to sit down and resolve some issues. I, I think like that is, that is something thing. that we don't like. We, we don't have that anymore. It's so quick to be like, Hey, like, I don't like you. So here, let's fight it out. Like, no, let's just sit down like, like adults and solve this thing out. Let's move forward. Does that happen in Infinity War? They, don't they just beat each other? <laughs> there was not a well, lot they of end up, well, at the, at the end, there's a lot of talking, remember? Oh. Because. Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen well, again, if you, you haven't had, you seen it, that's your fault. Just to even get to the end game, so. Right. So, really, what happens is uh, at the end of the day, um, Tony Stark swallows his pride and goes to talk to uh, all the guys in the. In the uh, in the deal and that are in jail. And then he figures out, he goes to help out Steve, but Steve's been hiding this whole thing the whole time. So I don't know. So it's have, all good. We have Mojo, the arbitrator and, uh, Serena, the inconvenient theater, but like yours is interesting. Cause you wouldn't even get to like reap the benefits of your power. Cause like, someone will see no, them. No, I just want to know like, Hey, just know that later in life they're going to be, it's, I mean, it's kind of called karma, but it's not. Like, Cause it's like, gonna break, gonna have to take but like, I don't want any name. bad karma. I don't want anything oh. bad to happen to people like permanently. But if you stepped in like dog poop, that would be the, like annoying. That actually, actually, you no, know? I'm kind of liking this because we have Mojo and karma, which are kind of, Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm, next, I'm next season. I got you. I'm JD. This is our, this is our superhero name. Go. Like a white elephant gift. I'm getting you guys some capes. <laughs> um, last but not <laughs> least, uh, I ask everyone on the pod, if not for football, then what, what would you do if football did not exist? So before, man, that is, that is something old. that I've battled with the last, when I retired. Right. Um, but I do remember, I do remember, um, I wanted to be an astronaut as a kid. What? That was like my biggest thing. Someone told me that astronauts are, are very smart. And so I was like, well, I want, I'm a smart person. I want to be that. And so I used to think I wanted to go to the moon and be an astronaut until I found out that you have to do all this dizzy test stuff because if there's no gravity, you'll be spinning around. <laughs> and I had the worst motion sickness ever. So uh, if, I, if I was able to fix that, I would love to be an astronaut. That's Go to the moon. Wild. I mean, you kind of get tossed and turned as a running back. You get thrown around a little bit. Huh? Yeah, but I can control that a little <laughs> bit. Like, I can't, like, it's just a, a, a little known fact about me. I can't, I, I can't ride roller coasters. Okay. Um, I cannot, like, I have to take, like, multiple Dramamine or have the pass to get on any type of boat or water, like jet skis, anything. Otherwise, I get really sick and turn green oh, quick man. and easy. Crazy. Yeah, it's bad. We found yeah, it's bad. Mojo's weakness. <laughs> There it's it is. Tonight. Send me in a circle. <laughs> like so, so I've never done the whole drink a beer and spin around and hit the ball. I've never done that because I would throw up everywhere. Oh, Louisville Chugger. Guess what? I'm not yeah, very successful it. at it myself, so I don't blame you. You're allergic to beer. Yeah, so. I'm also allergic to beer. All Luckily, right. Luckily, that's my superpower. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Matt's superpower. Oh man. Well, that's it. Thank you, MGD. Appreciate you coming on. That's our 22nd episode of Ramblin. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening all season long. It's been fun. Have a happy new year and we'll see you in 2020.